Well, before, uh, it's obvious that we're going to finish up, uh, this is the second part of the message, so it's pretty obvious what the message is. But I, I do not want to, um, I do not want to squander this opportunity. As the children go to their classes, this is not fill in. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Some of you sang and you heard the words to that song and you sang the words to that song from your heart. Now listen, it's up to us. Do, do, do we follow through? You know, we, we, just, we just ask the Lord, if you sang that song and you meant it from your heart, Spirit, break out. Break our walls down. If, if, if something's not happening in my life, I, I know, my brothers and sisters, if, if, you know, there, there may be a wall and there may be a wall that I've set in place that I'm, that I'm leaving there. Um, or he's trying to tear it down and I'm reconstructing. No. Man, just let, let's just give the rest of this time that we have together, let's give it to him. You know, the same spirit that you sang with, the same, the same unction that you had, let's, let's continue therein. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, no matter what, the rest of this time that we have together has to be all about you. Lord, we, we sang to you, we prayed to you, and we continue in this attitude of prayer with faith in the name of Jesus, knowing that you're here, that you're hearing us, and that you, your will is for us to prosper, even as our soul prospers. Father, we want our souls to prosper because of what's going on here. <laughs> I'm just reminded of the song. You can have this whole world. Just give me Jesus. Lord, we want more of you this morning. So through your word, Father, through this fellowship, Holy Spirit, lead, guide, and direct us in all truth. As a group, as a congregation, but certainly as individuals. In your great name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So again, for those of you who weren't with us, <laughs> there's not many who weren't with us last week, but for those of you who weren't with us, we started in um, Leviticus, obviously, Strange fire or profane fire in some. So, uh, just to refresh you, in Leviticus 10, beginning in verse 1, uh, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. That's the key, which he had not commanded them. So, fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Now, uh, let me see, Mary, would you throw up that just to remind you? I think, listen, I. I I don't want to. I don't want this to be so like because uh, I've been criticized before about you know being like this is too much like a college class and all that other stuff. But I really want you to. I really want you to know. See, knowledge, knowledge is what. So here's why we say what we say. This is what the Word of God teaches. So we need to know what the Word of God teaches. That word profane or strange in other translations comes from that Greek word zor. Hence, to be a foreign or strange. Strange. That's why some, some translations will say strange. But foreign. If you looked it up in an English dictionary, here's what it would say. Relating to or devoted to that which is not sacred or biblical. Secular rather than religious. Now, the emphasis is mine, not the Bibles, or, or not the dictionaries. The emphasis is mine. See, in the, in the, um, in the dictionary, it's going to say secular rather than religious. But to you and I, we know we're not involved. Religious, religion doesn't interest me. And I know it doesn't interest most of you. It's not about religion. It's spiritual or God-ordained. God-ordained. It, it, it begins and ends with God. Okay? Okay, so, so profane. Anything that, listen, anything that's not of God, I want to, I want to start here. And I, I, if I didn't make this point last week, forgive me, but it needs to be made right now. Anything that is not God-ordained is strange. If you're a Christian, if you're a born-again believer, anything that is not God-ordained, anything that is not acceptable or uh, ordained by God, it's, it's, it's strange. God looks, at that, looks upon that as strange or foreign. Amen? Okay, I know I wasn't going to get a lot of claps or cartwheels or anything, but that's the truth. Now, let's go to 1 Peter, where we were last week as well. You also, as living stones 
are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So, so what is that plainly saying about us? We're a holy priesthood. So now I'm drawing to see it's so, it's so important for us to look at the Levitical priesthood, the, 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 the priests of the Old Testament, and see you know, just exactly you know, what did God call them to be? What did God call them to do? And we'll get a little bit further into that. Uh, again, in First Peter, but now a few verses uh, further on. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praise of Him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Okay, just for the sake of illustration and making sure that we're all on the same page here and Tony's not some wild lunatic. <laughs> who, is, who is the Holy Spirit through Peter talking to? The church. The church. Believers in Christ Jesus. Okay, are, are we square? So, so if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, if you're born again, you're called call to this order, order of this royal priesthood. Is, is that an amen? Am I taking great latitude? Some of you preachers or pastors in here, help me out. No, that, you are called to a royal priesthood. You're his own special people. Now together we're a holy nation. Okay? All right, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Okay, so now look, we're a spiritual house. But now, I'm going to give you some in context here. When Paul, the, the Holy Spirit through Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth, he's speaking to born-again believers, he's speaking to the church. Just prior to this, he's talking about, you know, the, the, the sectarianism that started. Well, this is of Apollos, this is of... No, he, he's saying, what Paul says is we're all part of the same body. We're all different pieces, but we're all one house, Right? So I want to make sure that you don't think that I'm taking liberties here. But each of us individually are his temple, and each of us come together corporately. We're making up the whole body of believers, his church, but his house. The house together raises a praise. Amen? Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians also, now in chapter 6, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body, your body, speaking personally now, see, we've got the body together and the body personally is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own. Remember, we've been in this. Remember, I'm so blessed I get to preach again tonight and I'm going to preach to them something that the Lord has laid on my heart. And it's to say, we are not our own. Jesus is Lord and that word Lord means that He owns me. He owns me. Period. And I'm not ashamed to say it. In this culture, in this current climate, it's very difficult for people to speak like that. Or if you know, people don't, they cringe at statements like that. I'm not ashamed to say it. I will not back off of it. And if you are ashamed of that, or if you kind of cringe at that, you need to be born again. Because it says that we need to confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead. Right? So without that, you can't be saved. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus owns me. God owns me. Amen? Amen. There's no, there's no dispute in that. There's, there's, no, there's no halt in my step toward... It's, it's... Come on. Hallelujah. I'm not my own. But see, this is the great thing. And remember, I preached to you, and if the Lord wills, I'll be able to preach it to another congregation tonight. That, listen... There is a benefit of me belonging to him. Remember that message. I mean, he, he, I, it's not where I'm, you know, uh, his, his servant that he's just looking to whip and go do that. No, I serve him, but I serve him because of the love that we have, this mutual relationship where he is, and I get these benefits by, by belonging to him. Amen? That's an awesome thing. And, and look at how this relationship works. He owns me, but He put His Spirit inside of me. He owns me, but He makes sure that I'm able to understand Him. He makes sure that I'm able to have fellowship with Him. It's not this unfair thing at all. He gave me, that's the definition of grace, and you're going to hear it again, that He put His Spirit in me, that I'm able to have fellowship with Him, understand His Word, be guided in truth, and then have the power to do it. Amen? Hallelujah. So now, Ephesians, just to beat this horse dead. 
<laughs> Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. The foundation, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. My brothers and sisters, this is not brain surgery. You don't have to be as smart as me to figure this out. Thank you. Listen, you don't have to be smart. The the Scripture just plainly states it. You know, we're His royal priesthood. We're His holy temple. By ourselves, individually, and certainly corporately when we come together. Okay, why did I need to hear that again? I've known that. Well, if you've known that, then listen, because I think the Holy Spirit wants to take us a little bit further. So, if, do you really know that? This is a key. Do you really see yourself as a royal priest? Do you really see yourself that way? Do you really see yourself as a priest? Part of this royal priesthood. Don't shout me down. No, no, no. I'm not trying to be, you know, cute here. I can't help it sometimes. Think about this. Do we really, do we really think of ourselves that way? Do we think of ourselves as being responsible to the local body? Because after all, we're part we're all living stones being fitted together, right? Do we see ourselves as, as being responsible to a local body? And I'm not just saying this church, but any church. Do you see yourselves as being responsible to, to, to you know... Uh, see, the, the Bible's telling us that it's, you know, we need to be fitted together. He's, he's building a temple. Now, I know that the worldwide church, that we're all in different places, but we're all one church. I understand that. I'm not... I don't want to get into any debate with anybody. I understand that. I'm not ignorant. However, don't you think that it's important for you to be going ahead and using the gifts and the talents that God gave you because each of us as individuals are being plugged in to edify the body? Wow. And then... If I'm plugged in, if I'm part of this body, do I also not have a responsibility to serve God with everything that I am? Not so that I just don't miss heaven myself. Not so that I could be, uh, have my fire insurance. No. Because He's called me to this local body. He's called me to be part of something bigger than myself. He's called me to be a part of this so that we can together be His temple, so that we can together raise the praises and glorify Him together. Amen? We could be His holy temple. My brothers and sisters, some of you understand and you've read a lot of... Man, if you look at the Old Testament, it's so valuable in this regard, in many regards, but specifically for this message. If you look at what the duties of the priests were, if you look at what happened in the temple, that, that was the presence of God. The very presence of God. So, so look, I, I don't know about you, but I want the presence of God. Okay, well, Tony, you got it, the Holy Spirit in you. Yeah, but my brothers and sisters, I, if, if, if I'm not getting this, if I'm not something... Man, I just know when I read some of the things that happened in those temples, and you know, I, I remember when Solomon dedicated the first temple. Do you remember that? And, the, and they dedicated the temple and they, they sacrificed things and they, they praised a praise. Remember what happened when they all raised a praise? What happened? The Spirit of the Lord fell so heavy they fell out. See, I'm not asking anybody in here to just, uh, you know, do all that. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But don't you want to know that the presence of the Lord, don't you want to understand and be uh, so, in, so in connection, so connected with God that you know that His very presence is here. And you know right now, and when I call on His name, He's hearing me. And not only is He hearing me, but right now I have the opportunity to be healed. Spiritually, first and foremost. Physically, absolutely. Absolutely. I want every benefit that God has for me. Every one of them. But the first benefit that I absolutely have to enjoy, I have to understand, I have to get hold of, is His presence. In His presence is 
Thank you, John. Fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Hallelujah. This stuff, this stuff gets me going. This, this, I mean, come on now. I want to be in the... Pre- it's good enough for me to be in the presence of the Lord. Come what may, in the presence of the Lord, that, that's where we need to be. That's where I want to be. It doesn't matter. Nothing else will matter. In the presence of the Lord, nothing else matters. Are, are you there? Hallelujah. So, that was basically point one. I mean, we have... If, are we really making that connection? Are we really seeing ourselves as part of this order of, of royal priesthood? See, we used, and yet, um, last week and now today, the example of Aaron and Nadab and Abihu, right? But there was another example in Samuel, First Samuel. We had Eli and his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, right? Very, very bad people, man. Very, very bad. See, Hophni and Phinehas, what they were doing is when it was time to go ahead and, and make the sacrifices, you know, they were strong-arming the people. You know, give us our share, give us a, 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 a big share of the meat before they were even burning the fat off. They were getting a big share, give us the raw meat. They were taking it for themselves. They, they were into it for themselves. They were in the ministry and they were gaining uh, off the ministry that way. And they even went as far as to commit sexual immorality with the women that were serving in the temple. Right at the temple doors. Tony didn't make that up. Go read it for yourself. These were the priests, the royal priesthood. These were the priests. This is what they were doing. And Eli, was, he was told, he knew what was happening, and he did nothing. So then the man, I'm going to read to you, just please, here, you mark it down, read it later, but this, 1 Samuel chapter 2, beginning in verse 27. Then a man of God, before I go there, I want to just say one thing. If you read through this and then you read the beginning of chapter 3, the beginning of chapter 3 is going to tell you that the word of God back then was rare. There was nobody given any revelation. There, was, there, there wasn't any new revelation. There wasn't any word of God. God wasn't speaking to his people back then. Is it any wonder? Is it any wonder? I want to hear God. How about you? I want to hear God. I want to, we have that ability. He's given us that ability to have that relationship. Oh, Tony. No, I'm telling you, he loves you that much. He cares for you that much. He, he doesn't care for me any more than he cares for you. He died for all of us. He, listen, listen, he loves you that much. He wants to speak to you every day. He wants to have that relationship with you where you can hear him and he can hear you and you know and you could be assured that he's hearing you. Amen. What could be better than that? Hallelujah. So now let me go. I'm going to pop a gasket here in a minute. Verse 27. Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel uh, to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, and to wear the ephod before me? And did I not give the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire? Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering which I've commanded my, in my dwelling place and honor your sons more than me? Did you hear that? To make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me <laughs> shall be lightly Esteemed. I'm going to despise them. My brothers and sisters, did you hear this? Okay, thank God it's the Old Testament, right? <laughs> we are a royal priesthood. We are a royal priesthood. See, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, if we go ahead and we ignore certain things in our lives and around us, we become corrupted. And you may think, well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to delve into that. I'm not going to. Man, I've had to make some tough decisions with my children. I've had to make some tough decisions. It hurts. It's, it's not easy. It's hard. And I'm not trying to, that's my son, you know, and I'm not trying to inc- implicate him in anything. It just is what it is. We all do. We all do. I've had to make some tough decisions about people in church. 
I've had to make tough decisions when faced with things in business where I'm sitting around a table and there's, they're about to make a decision that I don't agree with according to my beliefs. And so now when it comes to me, I've got I to speak up or i just got to shut up. Or just go with it. And if I speak up, what's going to happen? Will they fire me? Uh, will they think less of me? Right? Man, and I'm not the only one. I'm not sitting here. No, we all go through this stuff. We all do. Eli was not willing to stand up for God, and God recognizes that as this. You love them more than me. Did you hear that? You love them more than me. See, you're, you're not willing to go ahead and, and do the right thing according to my word. You're not willing to go ahead and show how much you care about me, my word, how much I mean to you. You would rather go ahead and maybe keep peace and not make those people mad at you. Now listen, that doesn't mean that we have the right to get in everybody's face and be everybody's fruit inspector. That's not what I'm saying. Not at all. Sometimes we do need to wait until our opinion, our opinion is asked for. Sometimes we just have to speak up. How will we know? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit inside of you. He's going to lead and guide you and He's going to give you the words. But see, my brothers and sisters, you have to be spending time with Him. You have to have a relationship with Him. The Spirit inside of you will lead God and direct you. There's no question about it. He's not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. He said he would, and he will. Amen. Hallelujah. That's great news for me. Absolutely. So, so point two, or question two, how much sin and corruption are you willing to ignore? Either in your own life, or in those around you. How much compromise are you willing to make? Now see, I know, like in our church, I mean, most of us know each other, uh, pretty well, and we're close, and then thank you for visiting again. I, I appreciate that. And, and, and see, now look, remember, if we're trusting God, if you're here, and you trust that God is here, then you're meant to hear this message. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean that me, personally, I'm trying to point any fingers, because I'm not. Let me tell you, this message is for me too. So let's, let's, let's really give God our attention. Let's really, let's really learn something from God because God is speaking to us. Because we all come against those, we all come in contact, you know, whether it's every day or every other day. Or, but I'm guaranteeing you that all of us have opportunities to compromise or to look the other way. And all of us have the opportunity, listen, to give ourselves just a little bit of permission to go ahead and do something that we know doesn't make the Lord happy. If I get mad, oh, it's righteous indignation. Oh, really? Really? Is it righteous indignation? Well, yeah, you have the right to be mad at that. Do I? Do I? Well, the Bible says, uh, be angry and sin not. Sometimes my anger can be a sin. Uh Oh, boy, look how quiet it is. See, because what angers me sometimes indicates where my heart is. Come on. Sometimes what makes me angry tells me where I am. Now, I'm going to say something really obvious because it will be an illustration. And anybody in here who's born again, who has ministered to people or who has not ministered to people, but just you're living your life as chaste, as closely to the Word of God as you possibly can. Right? You've ticked people off around you. Anybody like that in here? You've gotten people angry at you, haven't you? How did you respond? Hopefully you didn't get angry back and say, well, it's okay. No, you pray for them. That's what the Spirit would lead us to do. Pray for them. Don't return reviling for reviling or be angry because someone's angry with you. Are you there? It's difficult to do. I'm going to tell you something especially with some people. They'll take it to the nth degree. And I, I'm going to tell you where I have the roughest time. Where I have the roughest time is when someone does it against my wife. She's, she doesn't have a mean bone in her body. She's the most Christian human being I've ever met in my life. Amen. So when someone is reviling her, boy, it's really tough, I'm going to tell you right now. 
And a lot of you men in here who are protective of your wives, as you should be, know what I'm talking about. But we don't have permission. We cannot give ourselves permission. Right? No matter what the circumstance, we, we are Christians. We belong to him first. Amen? And Jesus did not return reviling for reviling. In fact, we have the ultimate, the ultimate in examples, when he was being nailed to the cross and tortured, and he said, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. So sometimes we just got to look at some of those people and just say, Father, forgive them. They don't even know nothing. They don't know you. They don't know what your word is all about. Father, just forgive them. Put somebody in their path. Give me the words to say. Lord, just minister to them. Amen? Uh, have I made the point? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I'm going to summarize a little bit because I don't want to keep reading to you. But now remember, when Adab and Abihu, when they got struck dead, they were burned up. But you know what I found interesting? I, I just, I'm stupid this way, I guess. I don't know. But it says that uh, when they were carried out, they were lifted up by their tunics and carried out. They were burnt to a crisp, but their tunics weren't. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> God is powerful, man. I don't want to mess with him. Okay, so now watch. Aaron and the uncles and the other brothers, Moses says, keep your mouth closed. Don't, don't change anything that you're doing. Don't go messing your hair. Or don't show the outward signs of mourning. Don't do that. Let the children of Israel do that. You don't do that. And you don't, listen, he says, don't you leave the door of the temple. Don't you leave the door. What's he saying? Don't stop serving the Lord. Don't complain, don't moan, don't grumble. Don't show any signs that you disagree with the Lord just did. That is the truth. That is the absolute truth. And, and, and let me, if I, please Lord help me. Thank you Jesus. See, this is what needs to be near and dear to me and to you. Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke, saying, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. See, remember, the first, the original question or the original point beginning last week was, I believe that in this culture, in this climate, we've become way too casual with how we approach God. The, the, the culture in the church, to me, has just been a little bit, you know, I want everybody to know that come. Come on, yes, come. But let's, uh, let's keep our perspective. Let's remember who it is that we're coming to. We're coming to Almighty God. Amen. We're coming to the one who, if he wanted to, he can squash me like a bug that quick. We, we have proof in here that he was able to burn people up without burning their outer garments. He was also able to protect people, to fireproof people, when they were right in the middle of the fire because they worshipped Him. Right in the middle of the fire. Right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right in the middle of the fire. When they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. Why? Because one who looked like the Son of God was right in there with them. Hallelujah. That's our God. That's the one that we worship. That's the one that we're going before. That one that's almighty, all-powerful. Let's keep that in mind. So those of us who are His royal priesthood, we can never lose sight of that. Never get so casual or comfortable. Listen, I'm not saying that we have to be all stuff. I'm not preaching with a tie anymore. I loosened up a little bit. Now you know what I'm saying. Come on. You know what I'm saying. He, you know, He... He's God. He's my dad. Hey, listen, He spoke to us in the Scripture when He said that we are His sons. We get to call Him. We've been given the spirit of adoption. Now we get to call Him Abba. Something that's an affectionate. Something that's, that's, that's an Aramaic word. And, it, and it's, it's, it's called an affection. Are, are you there? See, so are, is that tracking with you? So, yeah, we have this. You know what? I love my mom and my dad. Still, I'm... Getting something, and I love my mom and my dad. I still, you know, although I don't always agree with them, and most of you know my dad's a minister as well, and we disagree. We, man, just this week we went back and forth on a couple of things, but I still I respect him immensely. I respect my mother immensely. So look, it, 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 so there's this comfort. I know that they love me. I know that no matter what happens, uh, there's there, nothing's going to break up that relationship but I still have this respect for them. There's still a line that I will not cross. Are you with me? Just for respect. Just because I understand who they are. 
See, isn't it that way? Shouldn't it be that way with God? Especially when you're a priest? You're, You're called to this royal priesthood? You know what it says? Know what Moses told Aaron? If you go outside the temple, if you step outside, if you stop worshiping, if you stop worshiping according to your calling, you're going to be killed. You're going to die. So glad we're living under grace. Yes, I am. Because, listen, listen, he's given me the power to read that, understand what he's saying, and don't do that. Hallelujah. Grace. Hallelujah. So, now watch. Moses is speaking to Aaron. Aaron guesses, and Aaron obeyed. Aaron obeyed. And he kept his relatives in check. So now I want you to jump with me to uh, Leviticus 10, beginning in verse 8. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I love you. I'm so glad you're here. Then the Lord spoke to Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink, you nor your sons with you, when you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. Okay, let's pause here for a minute. I should have emphasized this. Look at those words. Then the Lord spoke to Aaron. You see what happened here? Right up to this point, Concerning this matter, the Lord spoke to Aaron through Moses. Aaron obeyed. And now God is speaking directly to Aaron. That might not mean anything to you, but it means a lot to me. Aaron obeyed. He, he, listen, he went against his own nature. He heard the word of the Lord through Moses. That was the word. That's like you and me reading this word today. He heard the word of the Lord through Moses. He heard it and he obeyed it. And then God spoke directly to him. Amen? And so my brothers and sisters, I shared with you last week, I just want to share quickly again. Let me, let me read through this. Um, you nor your sons with you when you go into the tabernacle meeting lest you die. Don't drink any wine or intoxicating drink. It shall be a statue forever throughout your generations that you may distinguish. This is, this is it right here that you may distinguish between holy and unholy, between unclean and clean. So you yourselves are distinguishing that and you're showing it. And that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. Hallelujah. So now, should I drink or smoke dope? No. Why? I'm a priest. That's between you and God. Well, that's Old Testament, Tony. You make your decision. That's pretty plain to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, I know I just lost a couple of you, and then even some of the people that are probably listening on the internet, probably not going to listen anymore. You make the decision. I'm not saying if you drink a drink, you're going to burn in hell. That's not me. I'm just saying, I'm just looking at this word you see, and I want all of God that I can get. I want to be in His presence. I want to hear from Him clearly. And then I want to be able to act accordingly. Did, Ad, uh, did, did Eli's sons know what was right? Did they have the Word spoken to them that they knew what they should do and should not do? Absolutely. How about uh, Nadab and Abihu? Did they know what was right? Yes. Something happened. And we know, and I'm saying, I'm convinced that in Adab and, and, uh, Nadab and Abihu's case... They went in there, they were drinking. Some people, depends on who you read and what theologian you're going to study, but to me, that's, well, the fire came from the wrong place or they burned the wrong incense and phooey, phooey. No, God said it plainly right there. That's the problem that they had. And God spoke it directly to their father, who was the chief of the priests at this point, who, who was the man, as far as the priests are concerned. He spoke it to the dad, Spoke it to the dad after the dad obeyed the word. Amen? Hallelujah. That's the closeness that I want with him. I want to be able to hear him. I want him to be able to say to me, Tony this or Tony that. Even if it's on on behalf of my congregation, on behalf of my children, my children's children, on behalf of anybody. On behalf of anybody. 
Come on now, how about you? Don't you want to have that kind of relationship with God? I think this ministers to me and to you. How, how, does, how is that done? So, so, so now question or point three. Does the Lord speak to you? Do you have that kind of relationship? Has it been a long time since you heard from the Lord? Now, now listen, I, I, I'm not saying you're going to have a voice out of heaven. Tony! It doesn't work that way. You know that. You know that. But has it been a long time since you felt the presence of the Lord? You're reading the Word and God just automatically, just the Holy Spirit grabs you by the heart and reveals something to you. You know, it's, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. Who do the people say that I am? Remember that one? Who, that's an easy one. That's one that we can all remember. Isn't that so easy? He wasn't even baptized with the Holy Ghost yet. But, but who, who do the people, that, well, they say this, they say that. There, there was no such thing. The Jews didn't even believe in reincarnation. But, you know, some believe that maybe you're, you know, maybe you're John the Baptist or Isaiah or whoever. But who do you say that I am? I said that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. You got a word. See what Jesus said? Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. But my Father, which is in me, you got a word from God. God spoke to you. God spoke that to you. Man, have you, have you ever gotten a word from God? Now, you heard from God. If you're born again, you heard from God because He called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. You responded to an altar call. You responded to His love. So you heard Him at least, if you're born again, at least one time. So let me ask you, have you heard from Him lately? See, and here's the problem that I have with, with some of the, the, the church cultures and some of the things that we're, we're doing now is, you know, out of desperation, you know, we seem to sometimes want to manufacture the presence of the Lord. You know, we'll put it on. You know, uh, you know I'm, I'm not against, you've heard me say, I'm not against music and praise and worship and all that stuff. I'm not against it. I love it. But my brothers and sisters, that we can't manufacture the presence of God that way. Do we come into His presence with singing and yes, absolutely. But my brothers and sisters, look, uh, it, it can't be manufactured. And then I, I'm so concerned when I hear people say every little thing. Well, that's God's. I saw a certain color. I saw this, and that was God speaking. Matter of fact, uh, you know, this week I was had met with a couple of pastor friends, and we were just talking about ministry things in general. And one of my pastor friends, I love him. He's just an awesome guy. I was saying, man, I said, you know, I find, you know, through the years in, this, in, in ministry, I'm, I'm so careful when, when I really feel like the Lord has given me a word of knowledge. We were talking about church attendance and running people off. I said, when the Lord has given me a word of knowledge about someone, I'm so hesitant to say it. I want to make sure that it's God because if it's not God, I don't want to run anybody off or change the course of their lives or, you know, cause problems. So I want to make sure. That when I'm, and I don't take that lightly. So if I come to you and tell you that, hey, I think the Lord is leading me to speak this to you, it's, believe me, it's not with pride or anything. I mean, I've really got myself up in knots about it. And it's happened a few times, and some people are not here because of it. But my brother and sisters, uh, I'm sharing with him. He says, yeah, I know what you mean, brother. He says, uh, I'm the same way. He says, oh, I'm, sometimes I'll be praying, and the Lord will give me a word. And I'm saying, Lord, you know, if you want me to deliver that word, make that guy cross his eyes at me or something. <laughs> and, of course, he's kidding around with me and stuff like that. But I've done that. And, and, but my brother and sisters, listen. God speaks to us in a lot of different ways. You know, mostly it's going to be through His Word. And I will tell you that if, if it doesn't line up with His Word, it's not God. I'm telling you. If it doesn't line up with His Word, it's not God. I, I promise you. And if you're not sure, pray. If you're really seeking God, He'll let you know. He will absolutely, absolutely let you know. Um, God has been dealing with me. God is dealing with me all the time, just like He is some of you. I'm no different than you. He's dealing with us all the time about issues and stuff. How much ear do we give Him? How much do we listen to Him? How much do we converse with Him? When He's dealing with us over issues, I've been dealing with, uh, with God, or God's been dealing with me over uh, some issues, and you know, there's an intensity in me, if you haven't noticed, about certain things. And so when uh, we were at the Send uh, a week ago, or whatever it was now, you know, God made sure that I knew that it was Him. I mean, there were people from two different countries that didn't know me from Adam's house cat in two different places, what, an hour and a half, two hours apart? Yeah. 
saying basically the same thing. And one actually went this. I'm, I, I'm, I know this is personal. I'm not going to share everything with you. I'm going to share just a little bit. And, and it, was, it was done in a way that I knew it was God. <laughs> not by just what the person told me, but how they told me, if that makes sense to you. Pastor, yes. Can I get you to pray about something? Sure. Now I'm thinking he's wanting me to pray for him about something. He said, the Lord has told me something. You've been hearing whispers from him. And you've been wondering if that's him. He says, it's him. And he gave me more information. And the information that he gave me, I knew. There's no question in my mind. This man was from Brazil. This man is from Brazil. And he even told me when he was leaving because he knew I received it and he knew you know, he didn't miss God. And so he said, hey, listen. He said, it's all because I had a motorcycle accident that I'm even here. So God made me have that accident so I could talk to you. Come on, man. I'm nobody special. I'm no different than you. God will speak to us. And he wants that. He came and gave his own life so that we can have that kind of relationship. Man, I want every bit of that that I can get. Here's the other thing. So we, we, we manufacture these things. Now, watch. There was somebody, you know, there, there's always going to be somebody and there's been people in your life and in mine where they come in, they got a word of the Lord from you. And sometimes I'm polite and I just, okay, and I know it's not God. See, so why do we manufacture those things? We're so desperate that we want to, and sometimes it's because of our own ego, our own pride. We want to make believe or we want people to think that we're something in the Lord so we'll say things and make up things. Or how about this? You know what, sometimes we're so desperate to hear from God. Well, what it does is it allows these false teachings and preachings to sink in. Because that's, that's good. Where I'm, I'm hearing from God. and it's, So we're manufacturing these things. Or we'll even look, you know, like I said, I see a certain shape in the sky. That confirmed. Well, come on, man. Come on. It, it, it does not work that way. God, if you want me to... No, it doesn't work that way. No, God is wanting that such a close relationship with you that He's going to speak to you and He's going to bring confirmation. But I want to tell you that God will not speak to you if you're staying away from Him. If you're not in this, what are you going to base what he's saying on? Amen? Don't you want to be close? Don't you want to be close? I want to be close. I want to be so close that I can hear him. And then in those times when I'm being extra close, just remember this, because I've I got to push on this. Please forgive me. I've got to push on this because I'm, I'm a little concerned. Because we're so in this realm of you know, the here and now and you know, the feeling good kind of thing. You know, we're giving ourselves away. We're giving ourselves away to false teachings, false doctrines. We're giving ourselves away to these moves of the Spirit that aren't moves of the Spirit. Let let me give you an example. I'm not going to name names because that's not me. But there's one of the celebrity preachers, huge church. He, you know, he's he's speaking, and if you listen to his, it's almost every time. If I ever listen to any of his messages, there must be somebody. There's always somebody. It's the same guy. I hear his voice all the time. Must be sitting right in the front row. You can hear whenever this person says says a sentence. It's a platitude or whatever. You hear this guy in the front row saying, "Wow, wow." That's so aggravating. He said nothing. He said absolutely nothing. Wow! Was that some kind of a deep revelation? It was nothing. He said nothing. Nothing. No, nothing. Just a platitude or just, you know, a little incidental thing. Wow! I hear, and man, it just, I just want to shut it off. Now look, watch. That's what I'm trying to say. We're trying to manufacture something. So we'll hear something that makes us feel good emotionally, and then we'll go with it. Why? Why should we sell short for something that's a cheap imitation? You know, then we see people being laid out in the spirit or we see these people that are, you know, it's, that has scared more people away from the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and it's ushered people in. And the signs and wonders are supposed to be for the non-believers, but we're scaring them off because of the well, Corinthians. So, so my brothers and sisters, 
I believe in every charisma gift. I believe the gifts are for today. And I certainly enjoy the fact that God himself has told us that these gifts are for those who believe. I need healing. Right? Come on. I, you know, I need faith. That's another charisma gift. I need faith. It's a fruit as well. But my brothers and sisters, look, God, listen, God is looking for spiritual fruit, not spiritual nuts. So let's not get nutty with our worship and let's not see God in every little, oh look, did you see that? That just twinkled. That's it, God gave me confirmation. Come on. Let's not manufacture that. Because when we're manufacturing and we're looking at these things, we're missing the real thing. The real thing. That's what I'm into. That's what you should be. We're into the real thing. We're his priests. We're his royal priesthood. We have the right now through Jesus Christ to enter in. He entered once for all, didn't he? Read Hebrews. He entered in by his own blood and has given us the right to enter in, to have fellowship with God. You can get a hold of God right now. Uh, come on, and you don't have to settle for anything less. You don't have to settle for a cheap imitation. You can get a hold of God right now. Hallelujah. I'm going to end with this scripture. Philippians 2, 12-15. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Remember that? See, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you something. This scripture... If you've, if you've been paying attention to all the messages over the last, I don't know, month and a half, two months, this brings, this is all of them together. This is so amazing to me. This is so awesome. See, it is God that we sh- need to show respect for. It's God. He is almighty, all-powerful. We all are going to have to answer to Him someday whether we believe in Him or not. And you could be the most staunch atheist in deep down inside of you. You know there's a God. And I hope when atheist happens to listen to this, you know there's a God. No, oh, you don't. Yes, I do. The Bible says that you were born with something in you. You know that there's a God and you have to work at denying Him. Hallelujah. There is a God and all of us are going to have to stand before Him one day. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, with this utmost awe and respect. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do, for His good pleasure. That's the definition of grace. What's the definition of how does that? It is him. He puts it in you. He puts in you to know what his will is and then the power to do it. That's grace. Because I didn't deserve for him to give me all of that. I didn't deserve that benefit from him. But he gave it to me anyway. He made the requirement. He fulfilled the requirement. Then he placed it in me and gave me the power to do it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This stuff turns me on. You guys... Now watch, this is the hard part. 14, do all things without complaining and disputing. Do all things without complaining, 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 and disputing. You know why I said that three or four times? Here you go. Here you go. I'm going to tell you just this morning it happened. Give me five more minutes, I'll be done. Give me five more minutes. I'm not promising, I'm just hoping. This morning, I had to work this morning. And, you know, thank God I had Eddie helping me and some others. So I, I, I get the guys going. I got instructions. I leave. And I'm thinking, thank God. I got out a little early. I, I still got, I got to preach tonight. So I'm doing, you know, trying to make sure everything's in order and I'm ready to go and prayed up and ready to go and all this stuff. And so I get ready to go. I get out. And I'm thinking, oh, this is great. Get in my house and I'm about to go into the office. The phone rings. Tony, yeah, we got a problem. What's the problem? We got a problem over here on hole number eight. The heads are running, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll be right there. So I go there. God help me. Eventually, long story short, I'll I'll spare you the details. It took me a while, but we figured it out, got it taken care of. 
And so now, while in the process of that, I'm, I'm having to run back and forth, get material, and, you know, shut valves off and do this and do that. And when I'm running back and forth, I'm floorboard in that truck, and I'm just hoping I don't hit a hole or a bump because it's going to throw me out of the truck. But it's, I'm like, oh, God, I'm white-knuckling the wheel. And I'm, I'm just not hallelujah and praising the Lord in that moment. I'm just being honest with you. I'm calling on him. Jesus, you've got to help me. Jesus, you've got to help me. This ain't right. That can't, no, come on. What was coming out of my mouth, right? And so, listen, get it fixed. Get it done. Now it's late and I'm looking at my clock and I'm saying, oh Lord, I can't. I get to home and Michelle's almost greets me at the door, but Michelle is there and what do I do? In a minute, I open the door. Complain. I complain to her. I can't work on Sundays. I can't do this. There's no way that I could preach and work and do all this stuff. Complain. You know what I just did right then? I said, God, you're not powerful enough to work through me when I'm in this situation. Shame on me. Shame on me. You know what? There have been times when he worked despite me. And those are the best times because then it's less of me, more of him. Amen. 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 Verse 15. That Listen now, you're, you're doing it without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Remember a few weeks back, are you shiny, that message? You remember that? So this is bringing all of that together. And when I, when I landed on the scripture this morning, I landed on this one this morning. So man, this brings all of the scriptures together. Man, he, he is God. We need to approach him with reverence. Remember who he is. But at the same time, he loves us. And he's given us marvelous gifts. We have benefits of ownership. If the Lord wills, that's what I'll preach tonight. We have these benefits of ownership that we all know, that we've shared together. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Right? Who crowneth me with loving kindness. Come on. You know that one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, he's an awesome God and he loves you. He loves you. But I'm going to let these little things trip me up and I'm going to complain. I can't. Why? Because he wants me to shine as a light in this crooked and perverse generation. If I'm supposed to be a priest, remember, we're called to a royal priesthood. Let me ask you all something. Did the Levites look like everybody else, every other tribe in Israel? They did not. They did not. They looked totally different. They were totally distinguished, weren't they? Now let me ask you something. Am I taking great latitude here or is this the Lord? Shouldn't we look different than everybody else? Shouldn't we totally be distinguishable if we're a royal priesthood in this crooked and perverse generation? Amen? Stand with me, please.